it's not going to sit well with Buck fans. It's just not. Buck, Buck might pay a little. David Tepper just hired a guy that scored nine points against the Carolina Panthers right in front of Tepper in the last game of the regular season. Take the burden off the guy's shoulders. Have a guy who knows what the hell he's doing. Buccaneers fans, here he is. Ira Kaufman, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeCamper of JoeBucksFan.com is here. Sage, uh, we are marching on. Exciting podcast today. Nothing to talk about, uh, that's for sure. One big thing to talk about is the giant, Bill Curry Ford, the big redesign, incredible dealership we've been talking about. It's open now. So you can get down to Bill Curry Ford and see this futuristic dealership. But you know what? The same great pricing and service still applies just in the greatest dealership Tampa Bay has ever seen now in all the amenities and all the incredible service and the uh, amazing what they've done there. We can't even put it to words. Get to Bill Curry Ford. Dot com, BillCurryFord.com. GM Sean Sullivan, he still has that $500 gift card for you. If you custom order a vehicle online through their concierge ordering system, it's fantastic. You'll get great help and uh, no deposit. And you still get nationwide lifetime warranty on any new vehicle. They've got great lease offers right now, Ira. And of course, the Ira Kaufman discount is in effect, as is 0% financing through the end of the month. Check it all out, Bill Curry Ford. Dot com. The Currys are buying down that interest. It's a rare opportunity. BillCurryFord.com. A Sage Big Storm Brewery has a new beer opening up here called the Bromance, right? They got the Bromosa. Now they have the Bromance coming, and it releases on Valentine's Day, so get ready for that. Great specials and spirit specials available on Valentine's Day for that release at the Clearwater and Ebor Tap Rooms. Uh, they've got a cornhole league kicking off at Big Storm Centro Ebor, Ira. That kicks off in a few weeks. You can register. Are you going to be playing out there, Ira? Let me start with pickleball, Steve, then work my way up to cornhole. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> uh, then we, we need video, Ira. We need video of the Sage playing pickleball. I've seen you play tennis, but pickleball just sounds funny. BigStormBrewery.com. Check out all the tap rooms. Amway Center in Orlando. Odessa off State Road 54 on Success Drive. And, of course, you can go to BigStormDistillery.com, see their spirits. Big Storm is the official beer of the Ira Kaufman podcast. And, of course, Gasparilla coming up. All kinds of great things going on, including a a 9 a.m. brunch, kegs and eggs over at Big Storm Brewery in Ybor City, Centro Ybor for your Gasparilla fun. A lot of great stuff going on there. We'll talk later, Ira, about Florida's Elite Restoration where everybody needs to go anytime they have a disaster at their property, Florida's Elite Restoration.com. All right, Ira, do we need uh, disaster services here? With uh, Dave Canales is now the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we'll clear the deck here, and we'll hear what you have to say about that, and uh, then we'll head over to Lee. All right, I'm going to start off by saying that Lee and I have visited Bill Curry, uh, the dealership, this week. It, it, it is awesome. It is very, very impressive. This renovation, whatever you want to call it, upgrade, it's massive. They've cut no expenses. They've taken the best ideas from dealerships all over the country and implemented it right there on Dale Mabry, a little uh, north of the stadium. I don't want to speak for Lee, but, uh, boy, they got it going. There's a lot of energy inside uh, the showroom. Gorgeous vehicles right inside the showroom. I I couldn't believe it. I had to walk around and look at them. It would would be a life goal. No question about it. Uh, Bump up my pay a little this bit, and uh, I I might be able to get into one of those uh, GT Mustangs. But anyway, guys, what what a crazy day. 
I had Todd Bowles lined up for a podcast that I do, Hall of Fame podcast that I do with uh, Clark Judge. And about an hour before the podcast, I find out that, uh, you know, Canales has nailed down a deal in, in Charlotte. My first thought is, well, you know, Bowles is going to blow us off. He's not going to do it. He's in scramble mode. And uh, sure enough, uh, you know, one o'clock, he, he joins us. Fantastic. Got in a couple of questions about Canales besides the stuff. We want, you know, we want to talk to him about the uh, the, the Niners and uh, the Lions game because he's so well familiar with both teams. But of course, you got to ask about Canales. Uh, I'll tell you this, guys. He didn't look stunned. I think he saw it coming for a few days. He didn't look panicked. When does Todd Bowles ever look panicked, Lee? It's not going to happen. He didn't look overly concerned about filling the spot with somebody that he thinks can get the job done. He's probably been thinking about this, uh, maybe even before the season ended, when he knew that uh, Canales uh, was uh, emerging as a viable candidate in some places. I feel very happy for Canales. Now, Lee, you know I'm right about this. Uh, from a personal standpoint, you and I, we're not happy because we loved going to that Thursday Canales session. He was tremendous uh, in front of the podium. Lee, anything you asked him, he answered, and not a three-word answer. He didn't give you a Bill Belichick answer. He's a man of faith. He's a man of positivity. He's always looking for the bright side. And I can see, Lee, I can see how he aced an interview, maybe two of them, in Carolina, and of course, his relationship with Dan Morgan didn't hurt. And Lee, you can say what you want about going into a situation with Bryce Young and, more importantly, a bad owner in Tepper. But Lee, do you really turn down a head coach job, no matter where it is? That takes a lot of guts. It's usually, it doesn't happen. You roll with it. And you hope if it doesn't work out that you get another chance down the line. Just like a Raheem Morris right now, Lee, more than a decade's passed. And Raheem's going to get his second chance, and I'm so happy for him. But, Lee, I'm going to miss Canales on a personal level. Oh, I will too. You know, I've written this several times, not just in recent days. I mean, I've written this a month or so ago. You know, people are saying, oh, I can't, I can't believe Canales can get a job. He's only got a, only got a year of offense coordinator. How, how, could he, how could he get a job? Like, well, I guess I never heard of Mike McDaniel. And the NFL, and I've talked to some guys that used to cover the, the uh, Eagles, I've talked to other people, too, around the league. The NFL more and more wants a corporate type of coach. The guy listens to upstairs, sort of like baseball managers are. Experience is not a major factor. What is a major factor is that they're collaborative. They work with people. They're open-minded. And Canales just fits this to a T. I mean, he's got the, you know, he's always upbeat. He's kind of like Dick Vitale, high on life kind of guy. He's always energized. Everything's great. Everything's good. Well, owners love that kind of guy. And he's obviously knows what he's doing. Now, I know people complain the Bucks' offense wasn't so good. Look at all the individual players on offense that had career years or near career years. Mayfield, I mean, that's like a major, major feather in his cap. Evans, at 30 years old, damn near had a career year. Rashad White had a career year. I mean, we can go on and on. Godwin had a good year. Kate Otten had a career year. I mean, he, he got results from these guys. So it wasn't like he you know, he didn't know what he was doing. We can quibble, and, and to some degree with validity, that the offense should have been better. No question. But guys produced. Guys got better with him. That's a major sign that he knows what he's doing. And he's a good coach. The only thing was, I thought maybe Tepper would get someone you know with a little more experience. But again, I could see, like you just said, Ira, I could easily see Canals going in there and just hitting home runs. The way he is... And the way he prepares as far as he's very well-prepared, very well-spoken. And just the fact him, him as a frontman for a franchise, 
What owner doesn't want a guy like that? He treats people with respect, like you mentioned, Ira. You ask him a question, he gives you time to answer it. What owner wouldn't want that? And everybody's like, well, wait a minute, it's about X's and O's. Yeah, it's about X's and O's. I get that. But I think he's demonstrated he knows how to get the best out of players. And it didn't hurt that him and Dan Morgan, the new GM of Carolina, are buddies that worked together for like 10 years in Seattle. Steve, along those lines, and Lee made some great points about Canales, they need a culture change in Charlotte. They're dead in the water. They've been down for, for years now. They got a young quarterback. They got a bad owner. I think Canales uh, can be instrumental in, in creating a, a winning culture. Uh, I'm not totally sold on the X's and O's. And along that line, Steve, and I don't know if you've thought about this, David Tepper just hired a guy that scored nine points against the Carolina Panthers right in front of Tepper uh, in the last game of the regular season. That's uh, that's kind of ironic, Steve. Oh, yeah. I, I put that in uh, the story that I wrote. Of, I wonder how he explained that away in his interview. But it makes a lot of sense for a few reasons. I mean, what we don't know is whether Bryce Young, the Carolina quarterback, is his confidence shot. Did he get rattled by what he experienced this year to the point where he's lost confidence? If so, Canales is the kind of quarterback guru, former quarterback coach guy to restore a guy's confidence in a hurry because he's just so positive and he's not going to be – you know, Bruce Arians coming in there saying, hey, look, man, this is how we do it, and you better get, get in line. He's going to nurture the guy, and they don't have a first-round draft pick, and they're obviously going to give Canales time, and um, he probably came in there with a good plan. I thought it was really far-fetched that Canales would get the job until Dan Morgan was hired earlier this week, and then I was thinking, well, you know, maybe this is more likely than not, and uh, here he is. So good for him, great guy. You know, Canales, real quick story, his first real sit-down interview uh, with a media outlet, one-on-one -on -one was with me and Lee at the Combine last year. I talked to him in the bar, and uh, he actually said, hey, you want my number? <laughs> and uh, uh, we we arranged an interview for early in the morning. I think it was like 7 a.m. or something, and Lee was Lee and I were like, oh, shit, we got to get up early. And, of course, Canales had already, <laughs> Canales had already been to the gym and was raring to go. But he, he gave us a lot of time on the record, off the record, and I've honestly stayed in touch with him probably twice a month since. Uh, you know, he's been very accommodating. Uh, usually I'll hit him with something that's not Bucks related, and he'll come back with that, and we'll go back and forth. But he, he let me hit him with some things I'd see on the film just to clarify and told him, hey, I'm not going with this. It's just something, you know, so I understand. And he never seemed to worried that I was going to break the confidence and uh yeah, pretty cool. He's he's a good guy, and we wish him the best. Uh, but not really, because he's with the Panthers, and uh, you know, hopefully, he just ruins their organization because he is still a green as grass head coach. Uh, what do you think of Raheem going to the Falcons, Ira? Well, I think he's earned a second shot, and we were all around Tampa when he arrived uh, and was elevated, uh, I should say, in two thousand and nine. You know, immediately uh, following the dismissal of uh, Gruden and Bruce Allen. 2009 was a lean year. It was a crazy year. I don't think anybody could have coached the Bucks to more than uh, four or five wins that year. Josh Freeman was a rookie. He didn't start. By the next season, the Bucks were a very dynamic, exciting team. And they won 10 games. And Joel Glazer told me after the season, that's the most fun he's had in the season since the uh, 02 championship campaign. And then, you know, the bottom fell out. And they got off to a good start, Lee, in 2011. They, they weren't bad from the beginning. I think something they were four. Happened, something yeah. happened in London because they jumped yeah. up to a four, four and two. Four and two. Four and two. Uh, four and they, two. They beat Drew Brees. Quincy Black got an interception in the end zone 
on Drew Brees to seal the win. It was a close game. They went to London, and I still don't know what happened, though I do know something happened. And I will say this, Steve, and it's tough to use this word, but I think it's very applicable for that 2011 Buck season, the final 10 games. You don't like to use the word quit, Steve. People say, well, bad breaks, the ball didn't bounce your way, injuries. They quit. They quit. And I think it was apparent to anybody, especially the last month of the season. Some of the games, I think there was a game against Houston that was an absolute atrocity. Just awful. Uh, no no hustle. You know, it, it's rare to see a team quit, but that team did. And then I guess the Glazers felt they had no choice. Uh, I saw Raheem in Canton uh, this August when I was there for Ronde's enshrinement. Raheem showed up. He didn't stay for Ronde's party that night. He had to get back you know, to training camp. But uh, he gave me a big greeting, always has that incredible smile. We chatted a bit. He gave me his new phone number, and I just uh, sent him a text of congratulations. You know, I've never seen him in a bad mood, Lee. I've never seen Raheem Morris in a bad mood. Never, never, never. And um, Steve has. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was, gonna, um, I was just thinking that. But, uh, you know, for me, oh, always positive. You know, looking back, he, he did a remarkable job in 2010. I mean, it was. Yeah, uh, one year, and then... Um, yeah, yeah, one year, Josh, you know, nobody saw him, you know, having a year like that with the 25-6 to 6, uh, TD interception ratio. They pulled games out of their butt, and they fell just short of the playoffs. You know, any other, a lot of other years they would have made it, but that year they didn't. But nobody saw the collapse coming of 2011, and, you know, Lee, I, I think a big part of it was his relationship with the players was too close. He was so young... He might have been younger than some of the players on that team. I can't remember. There might have been one or two players that were older than Raheem that he was trying to coach. Guys, he he got too close. I don't know if it was a Freeman or some other guys, and he would go out on the town in South Tampa. And you can't do that. Todd Bowles ain't going to do that. Bill Belichick doesn't do that. Mike Tomlin doesn't do that. Andy Reid doesn't do that. Uh, There's got to be a line of demarcation, and, and Raheem didn't adhere to that. And I, I think it cost him. I think he was too easy on some guys that were going astray. He didn't uh, crack the whip on, on some guys. Uh, he never figured out the Josh Freeman thing in 2011 when uh, he was starting to go off the rails. I, I'm very happy he's getting another chance now. He's going to Atlanta. He's got no quarterback. But he's got no quarterback. They're sitting at eight. Maybe the idea is they're hoping somebody will fall to him. When Belichick Lee, was rumored for the Falcons job, a lot of people thought uh, a veteran quarterback could be in play. I don't think that's going to be the case now with Raheem. Maybe they could get, you know, maybe the fourth best quarterback uh, on the board because I think the top three will be gone. So we shall see. But uh, Lee, that begs the question. What's going on with Belichick at this point, Lee? Looks like he's not going to coach this year. Yeah, I'm not so worried about Belichick. I mean, you know, when you have the record he's had post-Tom Brady and you demand to control the entire team, and you got to change the whole organization to be this dour, sour, angry, bitter, dark, and, you know, you want to clean house. No, no, no. What's his record the last three years? He can't draft anymore. That's right. pretty obvious. He's got to have a stud quarterback or he doesn't win. And he wants to control everything and run people out, bring his guys in who just, you know, I mean, it's just, there's a reason why Scott Pioli got run out of Kansas City. They, he tried that stunt in Kansas City, and the owner and the people there were like, no, no, no more of this. Goodbye. You got us to the playoffs, but we're not, we're not putting up with this anymore. Goodbye. You know, so 
Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I got a hunch that Kraft probably didn't put in a good word for him. I said, did not. I remember Art Modell told Kraft he was nuts if he hired him, uh, showed him clips of press conferences. Goes, you want this guy representing you? I remember what I just said about Canales being a front man. We're that, more was before, more that was before he got world. six rings, though, Lee. That was before, before he got, he got six, six rings. rings. But we're more and more getting into the corporate world. They want corporate types. And right. Belichick is not a corporate type at all. But to bring us back to the Bucks, you know, I don't care about Belichick. I, I see on Twitter that allegedly Raheem is going to go after Zach Robinson as his offensive coordinator. If that happens, watch out Baker Mayfield. Because the guy that planted the seeds to resurrect Baker Mayfield was Zach Robinson in Los Angeles. That showed the Bucks that he still had something left, and the Bucks went out and talked to Mayfield. The rest is history. So if Raheem brings Zach Robinson with him to Atlanta, look out for Mayfield. Zach Robinson better be on a plane to Tampa for an interview for the offensive coordinator job. Otherwise, I think the chances that Mayfield returns to the Bucks are 50-50, maybe. Very interestingly, very interesting. Steve, uh, one guy that I think stands tall in the Raheem Morris signing <laughs> is Rich McKay. Uh, that's the way I read it. I think Blank really did want Belichick, but I think Belichick made certain demands regarding Rich McKay. Steve? Real quick, Sage, I want to remind the younger fans that Rich McKay is the former Buccaneers general manager uh, in the 90s, early 2000s. He's a close friend of yours, very close. You like hang out at his house and stuff, and I've talked to you with him before. He was the guy with us when uh, Arthur Blank gave the famous Irv uh, line, called you Irv, and we had that fun uh, years ago at the owners' meetings, but go ahead. Rich McKay has made Arthur Blank a lot of money, gentlemen, a lot of money. And he's been there for two decades as Blank's right-hand man. Maybe he was an impediment to hiring Belichick. And McKay's got a history with Raheem. And to me, uh, on the surface, the hiring of, of Raheem Morris was a Rich McKay decision seconded by Blank. That's the way I'm looking at it. Raheem was already in Atlanta for a couple of years as an assistant coach. So how much of a factor was McKay? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Blank didn't know the guy. Well, I just think... Um, McKay's the guy that was that was pushing for Raheem Morris because um, Steve, that's not going to be a threat to McKay's position. Sort of having one hand in football ops and one hand on the business side, and I don't know. To me, it smells like a Rich McKay call. All right, Sage. Hey, you brought up quitting uh, before that about the twenty eleven Bucks. Uh, if you really want to see a team quitting in a similar style, I would go to the 2018 Jets, coached by Todd Bowles. Go watch some of those games at the end of the season where they were just getting hammered every single week and no answers, no life to the defense. I just want to throw that out there. for uh... Steve, uh, Steve, speaking of Bowles, and I, and I read the comments just like you guys do, and I read the uh, the polls that we put out on Joe Buck's fan. He has not won Buck Nation over. He, he has not. He has not. Uh, Ten wins. Uh, a playoff win, uh, a playoff route, competitive loss uh, in Detroit in the divisional round. Uh, he's still got a lot of work to do, Steve, to, to win over the uh, Buck Nation, I think. I want to go in a different direction, Ira, on, on Bowles. Uh, I'm glad you brought him up again, and that's where I was going. But, Lee, I got, I'm got. i just curious why it feels like you think that the Bucks won't automatically franchise tag Baker Mayfield. Why would they possibly let him go anywhere and give him that opportunity. Well, I mean, that, that option's on the table, but do you want to spend that kind of money? You know, when, when's the last time Mayfield had a decent season without Canales? 
been a while. That's that's why he was so cheap. So I, I don't know if the Bucks are willing to spend. What would it be? Thirty-eight million, forty million, probably more. Uh, I don't know to, that. Supposed to be thirty-five. Uh, for the franchise tag. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see any scenario, Ira, maybe you do, but is there a scenario where the Bucks decide, well, we're moving on from Mayfield, we're not putting the franchise tag on him, we're starting over? Possibility, Ira? I, I look at it as Mayfield having all the advantage, guys. I just do. Trask it isn't going to sell one ticket. In fact, uh, you're going to lose uh, tickets. <laughs> you never, never, never underestimate the power of the Gators. Uh, you're sitting at... <laughs> Steve, you're sitting at number 26. Who, who are you going to get? J.J. McCarthy? You're going to build a, an off-season campaign, uh, a marketing campaign around uh, a, a Michigan quarterback who, uh, who threw the ball 11 times a game uh, in big games? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, you you want to bring in uh, you know the guy from Minnesota. Uh, he's 36. I don't see a lot of options, Lee, for the Bucks past Mayfield. I just don't see it, especially since uh, Buck fans were uh, won over by Mayfield's feistiness, his confidence. The chip on his shoulder. The players have been won over by Mayfield. Bowles firmly in Mayfield's camp. Um, it'd be a tough one to see him walk away. Like, well, to your point about winning over that phrase, winning over, I don't sense just from reading fans on Twitter and and, and things of that nature, I and reading the comments on JoeBucksFan.com, I don't sense necessarily Mayfield has won them over. I would say it's probably, what, Steve, split? 50-50, 60-40, pro Mayfield? Definitely Bowles is not one I mean, Steve and I are still getting questions on Twitter. Hey, is there a chance that Bucks get rid of Bowles? Is there a chance they'll bring in Belichick? I'm serious. Still, to this day, the guy wins two division titles. He wins a playoff game. He's got more playoff wins than Mike Tomlin in the last five years, and people are still wanting him gone. <laughs> it's unreal. And so... So not only Bulls not won them over, I'm not sure Mayfield has won over the fans. He but has I was, to- uh, Lee, I was talking about the locker room with Mayfield. The locker room. Oh my gosh, the locker room is locker room's 100 behind. That's not even a question. That's not even a question. I, I would say, Lee, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say two out of three are really big into Mayfield as far as fans go. I mean, it's always the ne- the negative people are louder than the people who like Mayfield. True. And why would right. you not? Why would you not like Mayfield? He had a good year. You can't say he. He ripped the bucks off and took them for a ton of money. I mean, he just he basically did everything you asked of him. So I think the the loud crowd is just is just angry. As far as bowls, people have watched him make mistakes. We gave him a grade of a B plus here on the podcast, but you know, a head coach is head coach, and fans look at him and wonder, ah, I don't know if we could win a Super Bowl with that guy, and it drives some of them crazy. It's a little different than Mayfield, but yeah, I mean, we do the poll every week. It's not it's not baloney. There's half the fans don't like Todd Bowles. Period, and uh, sometimes it's more, and I can't explain it other than they've seen him make mistakes that they don't like. Steve, do you agree with Lee? And I'm not saying Lee's wrong, and, and we'll never know. But um, Lee suggests that uh, at least part uh, of the dissatisfaction towards Bowles goes back to Cooper Cup catching that pass in that playoff game. Steve, do you, do you believe that? Here's the thing. The, the dissatisfaction, it's always born somewhere, right? It, it's got to be born somewhere, and for some people – it started right there. Yeah, I've talked to those people before, and it's not like they, they still want to, you know, they, they haven't gotten over it completely, but it's at the root of their dislike, and they haven't been sold uh, from there. So, yeah, it's it's real. I mean, it was a big moment, Ira. You know, he, he went all out blitz, uh, and it didn't work, and it was probably the wrong thing to do at the time, and the team wasn't even ready. You know, if you look at the replay, the players weren't really ready for it, and it was a bad call, uh, but that's bulls, um, and you live and die with it. But yeah, people are pissed. 
People are pissed. And I think, honestly, I think Tom Brady was pissed. Yeah, I, I see what you mean, Steve. How, how's the Canales departure, guys? Uh, how's it going to affect the, the 2024 Buccaneers? Lee already touched on Mayfield possibly leaving. Now you got, Lee, you got a new guy coming in, maybe implementing a new system. Now, Bowles had a big influence on Canales, right, Lee? He, he did. He did. And Canales knew exactly uh, what kind of uh, uh, philosophy and approach uh, Bowles preferred uh, from an offensive standpoint. I don't see Bowles changing. So I, I think um, the next guy who replaces Canales, uh, I, I think he's going to operate under the uh, the same uh, attitude that uh, that Bowles wants to uh, bring out in this offense. I, I never got the impression that, that Bowles was a helicopter parent with, uh, with uh, Canales. They were kindred spirits. You know, Canales came in, I believe in running the ball. And that's music to Bulls' ears. Well, that's all I need to hear. And so that worries me because I, I'm scared to death. And Steve beat me to it, but I had to retweet it. Steve beat me to it on Twitter. If Greg Roman or Artie Smith or Brian Schottenheimer, who I think <laughs> works for Bulls, one of these guys like, they, you know, like, run, 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 run the ball, run down the field. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is such crap. Is it, you bring one of those imbeciles in, I might just slit my throat. I might just slit my own throat. God, that drives me nuts. It's not like they have freaking Earl Campbell in the backfield. And, and, and I swear, I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to bring in a Greg Roman, a Brian Schottenheimer, an Artie Smith. One of, the, one of these clowns that were stuck in the 1990s that, we can run the ball. We can run the ball. We got Brian Tannehill and just get some turnovers. One reason I think he's not going to do it is because Bowles was just out there Monday, Iris, saying that he, he expects his whole staff back unless somebody moves on for a promotion. So, and which happened, but he does like these guys. He's talked in depth multiple times, how much he respects what they accomplished this year and players improved, like he was just mentioning and all this other stuff. So it's going to be hard to hire one of those guys and tell him you can't have any of your own coaches. Um, I, I don't think Bulls wants to ditch any any of the offensive coaches necessarily. So that leads me to Thad Lewis, who's on the staff and was handpicked by Bruce Arians back in 2020. He was an intern, a Duke former Duke quarterback, played for like six or seven teams as a backup in the NFL. 2020, he was an intern. 2021, Arians hired him, put him on the staff as assistant wide receivers coach. And was very open saying, this guy's a future offensive coordinator. I'm going to groom, I'm grooming him for that and all that stuff. So, so here he is now. The Raiders want to interview him for their offensive coordinator gig. He's like 36 or 37 years old. So what I have to put out there is this. Everybody loves to give Dave Canales, the quarterback's coach of Seattle, credit for reviving Geno Smith. And everybody loves to do it. Everybody does it all the time. Except at the end of last season, after the Bucks hired Canales, I listened to two Geno Smith long interviews. People wanted to talk to him. He was NFL Comeback Player of the Year. And he never once in those interviews mentioned Dave Canales. He mentioned every other coach under the sun, didn't mention that Canales is leaving. It's a loss. Nothing. So, But if we want to give credit to Canales for Geno Smith, then we have to give credit to Thad Lewis for being there for Baker Mayfield. And plus, he understands the Bucko Bruce offense that a lot of these players were in before in concepts and he knows Canales's offense it might be interesting with a guy who can sort of pull from uh and connect with the players on that front what do you think Ira? 
likely. I, I, I would be not shocked, but I would be very surprised if Lewis doesn't get this job. Now, I know the Raiders are already making a move. And to me, that tells you that people know about that Lewis around the league already. And Steve's right. As soon as he got part of the organization, Arians wasted no time in anointing this guy as a future star. I remember that. You know the relationship between Bowles and Arians. That doesn't mean uh, Arians is going to order him to uh, you know, hire Lewis. It doesn't work like that. Uh, Arians wouldn't do that. But I think Lewis is going to get this job. Now, Bowles said that he's in no rush and... You know, there are internal candidates and external candidates and that there's a process and they went through the process last year before they got Canales. So I'm not saying that uh, Lewis is going to be announced in two days. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think they're going to let him out of the building. Sage, most insurance carriers require you to mitigate damages immediately if you have a disaster at your home, fire, flood, mold, storm damage, whatever it is. That's why you have to act immediately. Call 24-7 to Florida's Elite Restoration, and they're going to come out and give you a free evaluation, assessment, totally free of what's happening at your property and what it will take to restore it. And if you work with them, they will fight for you with your insurance company so you don't get ripped off. The corruption in the insurance giants, it's ugly, Ira. That's it. It's ugly. And you need an offensive coordinator. You need a play caller to get this stuff done right. So your property, your business, your home is repaired. It's your biggest asset. Florida's EliteRestoration.com. We know them, Sage, personally. We love them. Owner Josh Martin, big Bucks fan, listens to all the podcasts. Josh and his team are fantastic. Family owned, but not so small where they can't service you with all the top technology across the Tampa Bay area. And they'll give you an Ira Kaufman discount. Just mention Ira or Joe Bucks fan when you call. And if you need their services, they'll give you $500 cash back, or maybe that's money for your deductible. Don't mess around. Make them part of your disaster plan. Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Now, Sage, I know you got, you're flailing your arms over there. You got some big question here. What's up? Lee, I got a question for you right here. The fact that Canales was handpicked by Bulls, not by Arians, not by Light, not by the Glazers, handpicked by Bulls after his uh, search and now Canales gets a head coach job, one of only 32 of these jobs. Lee, does that say anything to you uh, at all? Uh, maybe uh, as a feather in Bowles' cap that uh, that he made that call and uh, and the guy ends up being a head coach after one year. Is that a kind of applauded to, uh, in any respect to, to Bowles? Possibly, but let's not go overboard here. I mean, maybe it shows that Bowles had turned the corner from when he, when he was with the Jets. I mean, he had Chan Gailey for an offensive coordinator. So let's let's calm down here. Let's, let's ease off here. You know? uh, so I don't know. You know, maybe he's had a, a, an epiphany about offensive coordinators, but I don't know if Canales was quote unquote hand picked. What I mean by that is, Bowles readily admits he was not on on his Canales was not on his radar. People tipped him off about him, and then he interviewed him. And he got knocked out in the interview, and that was that. Well, he still made the call, Lee. Bowles made the call. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, no question yeah. about it. But to me, handpicked is like you already had a guy circled. Like, you know, as soon as the season was over, well, I'm calling this guy immediately. I'm texting. And, you know, Bowles didn't know who he was until he stepped off about him. So I can't uh, say going to go to handpicked. But that's to his credit. He hired him. And again, from listening to Canales and, and talking to Canales, it sure sounded like he went up to Bowles. Like, I believe in running the ball. Let's run, run, run. We got to run. We got to run. Well, <laughs> that's the best way to get a job with Todd Bowles. Outside of saying you, outside of saying we got to win the turnover battle, Todd. Hey, Ira, well, I, I got an important question for you. Very important question, and uh, it, it's serious question, Ira. Does Todd Bowles 
pick up the phone, call Baker Mayfield, and say, hey, Baker, who do you want to be your offensive coordinator next year? I want your input. What do you think? Lay, lay it out for me. Bingo. Put the words out of my mouth. By that, you're not saying, Baker, you're going to pick the offensive coordinator. You're not saying that. No. Yeah, I, I think that's the smart move. I think that's the smart move. Let him, let him have some input. And more importantly, let, make sure he, he feels that he's having some input. Don't shut him out. That'll help usher him out the door. You know, Mayfield's reading uh, the tea leaves here. And, he, of course, he's got a, a very big interest in, uh, you know, who who, uh, who he's going to be working with. Now, if he doesn't like Lewis, Lewis ain't getting that job. And I don't have any reason to think he doesn't like Lewis. I'll tell you that right there. Yeah, to Steve's question, uh, an emphatic yes, but not to the extent where Mayfield thinks he's picking his own offensive coordinator. Let him have input. No problem. Well, if, if Bowles is, is enamored with this Thad Lewis, and let's say he, hypothetically, let's say he likes Zach Robinson as well. He calls up Mayfield. Baker, who would you want for your offense coordinator? Zach Robinson or Tad Lewis? Whoever Baker Mayfield says, that's who I'm texting next with the job offer. Now, Lee, that could happen, and then Mayfield leaves anyway. Then, then, then you look bad. Then you look bad. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And what better way to woo him say, okay, I like both these coordinators. Who do you prefer to work for? So, number one, you get the guy he wants to work for. Number two... Like I said about a little earlier, report well not reports, but people are speculating that Robinson's probably going to go to Atlanta with Raheem. Well, if you if you throw the wrench into that machine, that's you already won up the, a division rival. I understand what you're saying, Lee, but Steve. Uh, still, the bottom line is Bowles has to have a comfort level uh, w- with um, a potential candidate. He yeah, just well, I did say. It. Yeah, I did say yeah. that. Well, I, I think it even goes the other way around because if Robinson knows Raheem. And they're friends, and Raheem obviously has more job stability in Atlanta right now than Todd Bowles has in Tampa. I don't know why Robinson would come here. So that uh, they, number one money, number one money, number two, who's got the established quarterback? Yep, yep. I, I don't know. I mean, some of these guys would prefer to have uh, to develop a rookie. I mean, some of them, sure, some of them. So. Gotta, no question about it. But you got to prefer. I mean, if you have an established guy who you worked with. And he's already established. He's already there. He's already signed. He's a playoff team. Where's your job, job security? Atlanta's not a playoff team. No, but I mean, I think Raheem has at least two years there for sure. Balls, if he has a bad year next year, he's going to get launched, I would think. Uh, so that that's what I meant by the job security. If the buck, you know, Raheem's got at least two years. Balls, I think you can only guarantee one more year for sure. But I, I still got to say, Ira, I know you mentioned it just there yourself. I don't know. I don't. I, I really believe in my heart. There's a hundred percent chance that Baker Mayfield is back next year. I don't think the organization would let him go. Uh, they have the tag, and they would use it if they have to. I just. I can't see them starting from scratch. Away with Todd Bowles sitting in a corner saying, "What the f are you doing to me here? You just got rid of my quarterback." I, I agree with you, Steve. And Lee, from Mayfield's perspective, and maybe I'm being a little naive, Lee, because you know the wisdom is it always comes down to the money and free agency, and I understand that, Lee. But I think Mayfield be, would be making a big mistake, Lee, going somewhere else. I do. This is the team that gave him a chance. I don't think Mayfield's walking around thinking, no, uh, well, without Canales, I would have had another bad year. Uh, my career would be down the toilet. Uh, he respects Canales. He appreciates the job Canales did. But I don't think that's a deal make, uh, breaker for uh, Mayfield staying in Tampa. And I don't think it should be. To me, Mayfield should be thinking about his teammates. 
the rapport he's got with them, the relationships. He's still got, uh, you know, now if Evans leaves Lee, that might be another story. That might be another story. Uh, that's tangible. That's 13 touchdowns. And now you're elevating Godwin to number one, and that may not go so smoothly. I don't think Atlanta is a better situation for Baker Mayfield than, than Tampa. I don't. I don't think so, but, you know, unless, until a guy puts pen to paper, anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild situation, Ira. You know, uh, so do you believe, Ira, like I do, that since Dave Canales is now with Carolina, that he's going to go up to his new general manager and the owner and say, look, we absolutely have to trade trade for Kyle Trask because I have never seen a backup quarterback more ready and more uh, astute in how he's been developing and he can show Bryce Young my system and we got to go get this guy. Not a chance. Not a chance. Come on. When's the last time Canelo said anything about Kyle Trask? I mean, uh, when I asked him a question a couple weeks ago. And, and, and what did he say? The guy's a short buyer starter in this league? What did he say? The complete answer was, he's ready. He's ready. Well, he ain't ready to be the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and that's over Raheem's dead body. So, uh, Oh, I think you were talking about Carolina. I was. I that's was. Yeah, Carolina, yeah. Oh, yeah, Carolina. Well, <laughs> Steve, is he, <laughs> he's going to go to the mattresses about a backup quarterback? Steve, I mean, come what, on. Well, we keep um, hearing that he's re- he's we keep hearing that he's ready, and we keep hearing that he was this close to Baker Mayfield, who had a great year. Wouldn't it be logical that Canales would say, "We got to get Kyle in here"? Well, you're not saying, Steve. You're not saying that they would have a, a, a competition for the number one job with Bryce Young, are you? No, no. As of as his backup, as his backup plan. I mean, well, I'm I'm kidding around, but in some ways, I'm not because. Uh, if Canales really was that impressed with the guy, you'd think we'd say, hey, maybe we can steal him from the Bucks for a sixth-round pick, get him in here. Well, so, Lee, I think the bigger the bigger questions are on the personnel side. Uh, what's Light going to do? Uh, how's he going uh, to maneuver uh, the cap uh, to try to keep these guys? I, I got to think Levante wants to keep playing. They can't afford to lose him if he wants to keep playing. I know we say this every year, Lee, just like last offseason was crazy because they were looking for a quarterback. This year, they're trying to keep their quarterback. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, That might be even harder, Lee. But Light has proven with uh, his sidekick, uh, Greenberg, uh, and Spytech, that um, when the dust settles, Lee, uh, you know, the Bucks are a competitive football team. I got no reason to think they won't be this fall. But right now, it's dicey, Lee. It's dicey, and I'll tell you, in my opinion, and I had somebody that seconded my opinion the other day, I think Mike Evans is hacked off, Lee. I think he's pissed off at the organization. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said somebody's second in this. Was this an important person, Ira, or is this like your neighbor uh, when you're walking Cosmo down the street in Newport Ridgey? Well, my neighbors are an important person too, uh, Steve. Don't don't uh, don't uh, <laughs> don't don't uh, sell my neighbors short. But it, it, it's it's not somebody. It, it's somebody uh, in the business. It's somebody in the business. All right. Um, Lee, and I'm not just going by the fact that Evans didn't want to speak Monday when uh, guys were cleaning out their lockers. So I'm not going to read too much into that. Because I guess he spoke at length on Sunday night after the game. Uh, yes. And that, that might shape his attitude that day. Uh, I just feel, Lee, he feels this. it should have never come to this point with this organization uh, and his contributions uh, over a decade on the field, uh, in the community, as a representative. And he's a great representative of the Buccaneers. He thought this should have been resolved, Lee, uh, a long time ago, uh, before the season. And it wasn't. And then he cut it off, and in his mind, Lee, 
I, I don't think he's made up his mind whether he's coming back to the Bucks or not. I think there's a chance he, he, he doesn't come back. I think there's well, a chance. I, I thought those chances, along with Mayfield's, not coming back increased today because of Canales. There's, there's a, a domino effect I was going to talk about there. I know you said this about Evans, but how hacked off can he be when he's been very public saying he wants to come back? Now, if I was hacked off an organization, I wouldn't be telling people, uh, whether it be print media and whether it be broadcast media, I wouldn't be out in the open like that. Say, no, man, I'm not hell with this. I'm done with this. I'm I'm going to play for my hometown team, and they've got a good young quarterback, and everything's set. You know, I, I understand what you're saying, but for a guy that supposedly is hacked off the organization, he certainly doesn't act like it. Uh, you know, he's got a public persona that he's very aware of, says all the right things. Steve, in a perfect world, I think he wants to come back with the Buccaneers. Why, why wouldn't he? He wants to be one of those guys that plays his entire career. It doesn't happen very often. Derek Brooks, yes. Warren Sapp, no. John Lynch, no. Rondé Barber, yes. Doesn't happen all that often. You know, Levante David, yes. So I, I just think he feels a little disrespected, uh, Steve. Now, that, that could change in, in the next couple of weeks if they have some nice negotiations going on. But I think in an ideal world, he wants to come back, but... I don't think it's a certainty, Steve. Feels a little strange because of what he's put out there publicly. Jason Light, who drafted him, has been very public saying, I want him to be a Buccaneer for life. Can't imagine life without Mike Evans. Todd Bowles came out and said that very uh, demonstratively the other day. Uh, So I get that he's annoyed about the money and that they made him play out the string here. But he knows the Bucs have been, you know, twisted up with the salary cap. And Mike Evans is no idiot. He knew that going into this season... Didn't even know who the head coach was going to be uh, after the year. And what is, is Baker Mayfield even any good at quarterback? And, you know, Evan said, I didn't know what to expect. So I, I think he has to be understanding. But if the Bucks pay him top five receiver money, I think he'd be real happy. Lee, the one thing that uh, keeps coming back to my mind regarding uh, Mike Evans, and, and I don't know how big a factor this is, but Lee, in recent years, when receivers get to that age, sometimes they get, let go. Yep. They, they do. Thinking of Devontae Adams now, look, Evans is great, but he's not you know, necessarily better than Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill d- departed. The Chiefs said no. They let him go, and then they won a Super Bowl without him. Uh, but I think they really miss him this year. And Hill's tremendous. And league, same thing. Evans is great, but he ain't better than Tyreek Hill. Jerry Rice moved on from the uh, 49ers. Uh, he, he did. Uh, A.J. Brown left Tennessee. It happens. Lee, now, Buck fans can't even think about it. Oh, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Lee, it happens all over this league. Yeah, it happens for a couple of reasons. One, these guys are expensive, and there's this little little thing called a salary cap they have to abide to. And number two, the, the data is overwhelming that when these receivers hit 30, uh, that's usually the DMZ zone. That's when they begin to fall off the map. And if... If Evans is doing that, and there's no signs of it. You got to give Canales credit for finding different ways to use Evans. And he damn near had a career year, and uh, Evans has been very vocal about that. He was—I talked to him just one on one after the Packers game. He told me all kinds of stuff about Canales and the offense. And Evans has been very vocal, even as far back as training camp, that Canales was having him run routes he's never run before in his life. Yeah, and look at the results. So uh, uh, maybe Canales also recognized that. Hey, this guy's thirty. He can't do the things he could do five years ago. It's my job to make sure that I can find ways to utilize him where he still has a strength and that he could still be an asset. And look what happened. So that, that's why all these guys leave uh, when they're in their 30s, early 30s, 
because the data is overwhelming. It's like running back. Running backs, there's always outliers. There's always, I love how people reach for outliers and think that's the norm. Outliers are outliers for a reason. That's why they're called outliers. Yeah. But generally, running backs, when they hit 27, poof. That's why you hardly ever see them get second contracts with the team. And the uh, same thing with wide receivers. When they hit 30, specifically 31, poof. Again, there's outliers. There's Adams. There's Mike Evans. But that's not the norm. And that's why that's why you see these guys change teams. Could you suggest that Canales' departure would uh, could possibly be a factor in uh, the way Evans is looking towards 2024? I personally don't think so. I think it just comes down to who the offensive coordinator is. I don't think he's going to dwell on the past on Canales. I think he's going to look at who are we hiring because that hire is going to happen in the next few weeks. So if Evans doesn't like the offense or doesn't like the guy or Baker Mayfield says, I don't like this guy, maybe Evans is like, you know what? Maybe it's just my time to move on. I don't think he's going to focus on, oh, Dave's gone, I'm out. It'll be, who's the new guy? Do I like the offense? Am I, am I down for this? You know, and, and are they going to pay me? So and maybe that's a nuance there. I don't think the Canales factor is a, is a deal. It's just all about who the new guy is. And of course, yeah, and of course, whether Mayfield is staying or not, Steve. Yeah, but in my mind, it's 100% Mayfield staying. So I have a weird perspective on that. With Evans uh, specifically, Ira, I, I don't think he wants to walk away because he keeps saying he wants to do big, amazing things. And, you know, he's got 94 career touchdowns. You know, in his mind, if Mayfield's coming back, I know I'm going to get 10, 12 more touchdowns. Maybe I can do 13 again. But that's going to put him in elite, elite, elite company if he can get another 10 touchdowns or so. Uh, right. He might think this is his best shot for that. I don't know if he's got necessarily a lot of better teams, but he may get a call from the Chiefs, which, you know, Lee's written it. it that would be awfully hard to pass up. You can say all you want that he wants to be here forever, but he knows I'm already in the ring of honor. I'm the greatest receiver in Bucks history. I won a ring. I've done all this stuff. I've break, broken every receiver record in in town um, hey let's go go play with pat mahomes not crazy not crazy no no and i have to throw it out there Ira. tyreek hill was traded Devontae adams was traded i think miami gave up by uh, like six draft picks for tyreek hill so a yeah, different situation different situation no question about it but it's not a shocker to see uh elite wide receivers playing for multiple teams yeah it's not yeah a yeah you ran down the list for sure uh, hey ira i gotta throw this out to you there i listened to you guys on the last podcast talk about todd bowles and the the, the timeout gaff at the end of the uh lions game and at the time ira you were kind of like ah no big deal uh, i want to ask you if you've sort of rethought about this a little bit more and when you recorded that podcast with lee that was before bowles came out on monday after he got to watch the film, after he got to digest everything, and he still swears that he didn't do anything wrong and that it was the game was over when it was 4th and 12 on the Buccaneers' 32-yard line, Lions up by 8, and they had to make a decision there. The Bucs could have called timeout with 36 seconds left and forced them into a punt, a field goal attempt, just a scramble play to run some clock off, and Bowles in October... The Bucks had the ball at the 20-yard line, down by six against the uh, Bills with 21 seconds left. They got in four plays plus a Von Miller penalty and threw a Hail Mary that probably should have been caught. So uh, where are you? Where do you stand now on this? I've been thinking about it, Steve. I have been thinking about it since Lee and I spoke um, on Monday. Here's what I'll say. Lee, when, when the ball was picked off with 93 seconds left, my thought was the game's over. The game's over even though they had a timeout. The game's over. If you use 39 seconds 
and 39 seconds. Then, uh, you know, now it's fourth down, and there's like 12 seconds left. And I don't think they would have tried a field goal. I think that whole field goal thing's nonsense. They're not trying a field goal there. Why would you? That's a 50-50 proposition. So then, you know, you either punt the ball or you tell Goff to throw the ball out of bounds to waste another four or five seconds. The game's over. There's seven seconds left. They don't have any timeouts. And, and Mayfield can't reach the end zone. So if there's no penalty, the game's over. Now, having said that, Lee, having said that, things changed. And, of course, Bowles conceded that the game was over by not calling timeout after the first snap. Things changed when Detroit started screwing up, Lee. It changed. They screwed up. Campbell admitted it. Nobody knows what the hell the center was doing in golf. They lost track of the clock. They thought Bowles, you know, had conceded the game. And they didn't bother to take care of business. They didn't do it. So, Lee, to that extent, I got to say, the Bucks screwed up. The Bucks screwed up. Maybe they had 25 to 30 seconds uh, instead of uh, six seconds. Big difference. They still wouldn't have had a timeout. Okay, fine. They never readjusted, Lee. And that's why, and Lee, I want an answer for this. I still haven't had an answer for this. You got 98 people uh, on the plane ride over, maybe 150 people the players and the, the staff in this. Lee, can't you have a guy up in the booth that does time management and helps Todd Bowles? And, and I mean this for almost any coach. Andy Reid's not any good at it either. Belichick's a master. Reid's, Reid's not very good. Uh, and not a lot of guys are. Take the burden off the guy's shoulders. Have a guy who knows what the hell he's doing, uh, who, who keeps track of these things and could whisper in Bowles' ear what to do and should have said after the Lions were monkeying around with the clock, Todd, we got to call timeout. We got to call timeout. Things have changed. We got a chance here. Nobody did it. Now, I'm not absolving Bowles. He's the head coach, and he should be aware of what's going on, that they're snapping the ball with 23 seconds left on the on the game clock instead of one second. I mean, what a mistake by Detroit, Lee. You can't excuse Campbell, but um, the Bucks screwed up, Lee. Would they have won the game? You know, it's a one out of 40 chance, but it's a one chance, Lee. You don't call timeouts, you got no chance. That That's my position. Uh, I thought the game was over with 133 left, even with a timeout. I thought it was over until Detroit screwed up and then the Bucks failed to readjust. First off, it's on Bowles. He's the head coach, number one. He's got final say. He's got final veto. He's on the head coach. Number two, one of the McCartney twins that's on Good Morning Football. He said on Good Morning Football, every team has multiple guys upstairs that monitor the clock. And at that point, he was speaking specifically about the Bucks, Detroit. He said when, when they started snapping the ball early, he said, I know, because every team does this, I know there was two or three guys, they all of a sudden started, they pulled out their calculators, they pulled out their pens, they started doing notes, they started calculating it. He said, I know people were on the headset screaming, you can call a timeout, we call a timeout. You can scream all you want from upstairs. If the guy downstairs, the head coach, doesn't want to do anything. That's all she wrote, fellas. Well, I'll give you an example, a locally an example. Remember when the Bucks played the Rams? It was a home game. Dirk Cutter was the coach. He saw, you know, someone was upstairs screaming to call a timeout. Cutter did not call a timeout because he saw that the Rams were screwing up on their positions. You know, they were they were flipping players on and off the field. And Cutter thought he could get a snap off real quick and catch him blindside with their pants around their knees. It didn't happen, but that's what Cutter thought. And even though Cutter admitted they were screaming in his ear, timeout, 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 he thought he had a chance to score a touchdown there if they snapped the ball quick enough, which didn't happen. 
So the, the coach is always the final say. Doesn't matter if he doesn't call a timeout. I'm also to be fair for to be fair here. This is kind of funny, but it, it might be true. You know, he said it was all over. Why prolong the inevitable? I think was his quote. He may have pulled his headset off. He may have shut his headset off already. Here's one key, Ira, that we just don't know. So, Sage, somewhere the NBC camera crew has a camera on Todd Bowles the whole time, and somewhere there's raw footage of whether he actually took his headset off. That <laughs> that we don't know, but somebody knows for sure. And I also have to wonder, where was Canales? You know, I mean, he's supposed to be as locked in as any other coach. And where was Canales saying, hey, Todd, uh, let's go. Let's call timeout. Or somebody run out on the field and call timeout. It's all a little bit weird. I don't even have a problem with it, Ira. What I have a problem with, I mean, it sucks. It's inexcusable. But my only real big problem is that Bulls didn't come out on Monday and say, we all got caught up in the moment. This is what happened. And we messed up. Baker Mayfield plays to the final whistle. That's what all my captains are all about. That's what this team is all about. And I messed up. But he's not even admitting it. He's basically lying to the fans. And do you understand why he would do that? He should have had you as the spokesman that day, Steve. You said, <laughs> it, you said it well, Steve. You said it well. We got caught up in the moment. I think that's what happened, Lee. They got caught I, up. I, I, I totally agree. He, he was uh, just emotional. He got, like you said, he got caught up in the moment. He knew the game was over, and then it wasn't over. And, and if Detroit didn't screw up, I don't think we're having this conversation. But Probably not. But, but they did. And, Steve, to your point, and, and it's the biggest point of all, what do you got to lose? It's your elimination game. Do it. Do it. Anyway, Bowles isn't going anywhere. And, uh, uh, Lee, when you get those questions about uh, is Belichick coming to Tampa, yeah. uh, don't even answer it, Lee. Don't even answer <laughs> Well, uh, Steve, Steve and I, we got a DM today from a Bucks fan on Twitter. He's like, Belichick's still out there. Are the Glazers going to talk to him? I'm like, the Bowles isn't going anywhere, dude. <laughs> Steve, you got to think Ben Johnson's going to get one of these jobs. Maybe Washington. You, you got it. I think the fact that they're still in the playoffs, you know, uh, you're not going to get an announcement on Ben Johnson. But, uh, Lee, don't you think that guy's got to get one of these jobs? I, I got to admit, I don't watch enough Lions games to know if this guy's the next Bill Walsh or not. But I, I, think get, I think he's good. I think he's good. They obviously get production. I mean, when I when I saw the Bucks play the Lions earlier this year, you know, at uh, at uh, the Lighthouse. I wasn't completely blown away that this guy was some, you know, new age offensive genius. They scored, what, 20 points, I think, that day? Right. So I, I wasn't blown away. I, oh, my gosh, this is Mike Martz's second or something. Well, Sage, we'll be back uh, with another podcast. We're going to dive into your chat with Bruce Arians that you had. Obviously, we got a new offensive coordinator coming up here with Dave Canales is going to be speaking to the media soon when he's hired. So we will... Uh, you know, he, a good chance he'll say some things about the Bucks, which might be interesting. You never know if he puts something public out there for fun, like, hey, Mike Evans, we'll be happy to have you over here. Who knows? <laughs> and uh, I, I got to ask you this just in fun. And first, and because I'm really dying to hear what, what you think of this. It's just one simple question, but you're going to get a laugh out of it. But I want to remind everybody first, BillCurryFord.com. Get shopping there now. Remember the Ira Kaufman discount and the 0% financing that runs through the end of the month. BillCurryFord.com. As we heard before, Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Get there, bookmark it, understand it, make it part of your disaster plan, and call them 24-7 before you call your insurance company if you have that disaster in your home. And uh, follow Big Storm Brewing Company on social media. Facebook, all the tap rooms, Odessa, Clearwater, Amway Center in Orlando, and of course, Ybor City. They've all got their own pages. You can see all the events and the specials coming up like we talked about earlier. All right, Ira, you ready for this? Ready. All right. The Combine is a month away. 
Sage is going to be there for his first time since 2016. Indianapolis is not going to know what hit him. But when Todd Balls takes the podium, Ira, considering how crazy the national media has been about him not calling timeout and not saying he messed up, Mike Florio himself, Mike Florio himself said Balls should be fired and that if he was a Bucks fan, he couldn't live with himself and that Balls thought about it and thinks he did the right thing. Do you believe that at the combine, somebody's going to step up and ask Bowles, have you reconsidered about that final play of the season? What happened there? Did you make a mistake? Did you try to clarify what happened? Do you think somebody asks? And do you think Bowles sticks with the same answer, or maybe he'll open up? I think it will come up. It's not going to come up right off the top because they'll have a new offensive coordinator. They'll ask about Mayfield. They'll ask about Mike Evans. Maybe those things will be resolved by then. Maybe not. Winfield questions, Levante David questions. But somebody's going to do it. It could be Florio. It could be Steve Isbitz. Somebody's going to do it. And at that point, and Bowles should be prepped by, by the PR staff that it's likely to come up. So he's not blindsided by it. And I think he's going to stick with his answer. The game was over. Uh, why prolong it? It's not going to sit well with Buck fans. It's just not. But at some point, you got to move on. Maybe when OTAs start, Lee. Uh, maybe when the draft comes around. But I think it still could be fresh enough, you know, in late February that somebody's going to ask it. And if nobody does, uh, maybe I'll bring it up, Steve. Maybe I'll bring it up. All right, Sage. Well, you got a final thought for everybody as we say goodbye? What a crazy day. What a crazy day. And, and Lee, look at the NFC South. And you made the point, Lee. Now you got Canales in Charlotte. you got Raheem with, with all kinds of uh, buck bloodlines. And then Gruden fooling around with the Saints. Who knows what's going on there? By the time we get to the combine, he, he could be an official member of the Saints. Look at that division, Lee. This is this is crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy stuff. As the Bucks try to win the division, Lee, for uh, third straight time? Fourth straight time, Sage. Fourth straight. Oh, yeah, fourth straight. Right, yeah. Arians wow. and goals twice. All right. All right, boys. See you, Bucks fans. Later.